everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, the weekly talk show here at Nuri Northerners where we discuss the gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. Joining me tonight, I've got my regular co-host, Danny. Oh, one more time there, Danny, you were a little choppy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Perfect. And I've, I've got a special guest tonight, unfortunately, our other co-host Wes is not able to make it tonight, but joining us is Alex, and he is from the Game On Show, which you can catch Tuesdays here at Nerdy Northerners. How's it going, Alex? Doing fantabulous. No complaints here. Right? I mean, it's a Monday. It's a great time. You know, it's the beginning of the work week, and that allows us to, you know, as, as Kevin O'Leary says, set our sights on, on our goals and, you know, another chance to reach them, another week to reach them. So... Right on. What we do here on the Player to Players, we discuss again the weekly gaming news, and that's what we're going to be diving into, folks. You guys ready? Let's, Let's do it. it. All right. What about this out on? <laughs> that was perfect. Right? That was like mint. That was mint, both of you boys. Just great. <laughs> Just great. So, first one I, we have is, up is Assassin's Creed Valhalla has added River Raids modes uh, alongside other game improvements into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, for those that are unaware of that, basically what it is is... They've added other locations in where you can now take your boat, uh, a bigger boat that you go and get upgraded at your settlement by building a new building. You can acquire raiders. Basically, other other players have one NPC they make. This NPC that can then go out and fight alongside other characters. They can be picked up to join their crew. And then they go raiding, destroying big settlements. Um, it, it's a pretty big free uh addition to a game and that's the key thing here is that it's free it's not a, D- a paid dlc it's not pack of any, uh, part of any package or any any gimmick it's it's literally just a free addition so really what i really want to get your thoughts on you guys i'm going to pass this to alex here first is for game longevity do you like games adding in free dlcs free bits to keep players playing that same game or would you rather that focus be put on the next title of that series. I like the idea if the developer feels that they can get this particular product going, this game going, and they can see, oh, let's give out some free DLC and see what um, how much popularity you can gain from giving some DLC there free. And then when we're ready to give out purchasable DLC, we'll add that to it. So I think it's a good mix. Let's add a few free things and then the majority paid i think that's fair to say i like that approach too it's a, it's a very balanced approach what do you think there danny i agree on certain games i think that there there are games that should be expanded that can go on for a while and uh, of course there's some games that i think you know it's it's great when they end so that we can get uh, a fresh new game um but yeah i can support it on like i said on certain games now you, you definitely definitely have some other alex absolutely yeah, I can give an example when it came to like the Diablo 3 is a perfect example. When Reaper of Souls came out, they gave a lot of free content over the course of the season updates, seasonal updates, where it's like, oh, here's an extra area free of charge, or here's an extra uh, quest free of charge, and all these other things just to keep the game rolling. Mm-hmm. Up, on, up until they said, okay, here's the Necromancer pack for 20 bucks that you pay, but we give you like eight, nine, ten free pieces of content. So I think it's about time that we earn some sort of income from it too. And that seems to be fair. Now, here, here's a big one that I'm going to throw at you guys. I actually may be on the side of game longevity over new games being made. 
And, I mean, especially nowadays, I almost feel like there's too many games made. There's There are almost a dozen plus games made every day. There are, you know, 50 plus games being produced on Steam a week, thrown up on there. Uh, Val, uh, Valheim being one of them, which we're going to be talking about later on tonight. Amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, there's, there's too many games. And for me... You, you, I, I take a look at some of these really big titles that have came along. You look at Fortnite, you look at Minecraft, to name two. They've managed to continue on as Minecraft, obviously, you have to purchase it, but they put out free DLC or uh, free updates. They add biomes, they add elements to the game. Oh, Dan, I think you got a little bit of echo going on there, my friend. Oh, it's coming for me. There you go. And and um, where was I there? Uh, Minecraft getting updates right. for free. Yep. All right. So yeah, Minecraft getting updates for free. That is an old game. Minecraft came out 2011, I believe, uh, or 2009, one of the two. Uh, it, it's an old game, and that has been allowed to continue on, continue generating, and come continue being a title without having to make a Minecraft two. They just go and update the graphics. They just go and make it 4K. They just go and add in new biomes. They just go make new additions to the game so i don't know i i think it's interesting and it almost i mean obviously it depends on the title assassin's creed's different you gotta take different avenues but i i would like to have continued playing other assassin's creed titles longer i'm glad that this is the way they're going with things a bit of a two-year rotation obviously it was much needed let's move on from that though uh speaking of big games there's a brand new MMO coming out from Amazon. It's been delayed. It's supposed to come out in the spring. Uh, spring 2021 was going to be the date, but it has not been given a solid release date of August 31st. There's... Sorry. <coughs> there hasn't been a whole lot of details shared about it, other than... Uh, or lately, rather, other than the reason for this delay is for them to focus on the engaging and game content of the game. This is supposed to be one that could end up shaping and changing things, uh, whether or not for the better, whether or not for the worse, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like this thing is going to definitely come out and offer a competition to World of Warcraft. That's the aim. It's behind. It's being created by Amazon. Um, Alex, I'm going to go with you again on this. I know that you are a bit of an MMO player type. Has this looked of any interest to you of picking up? I personally have not heard of this, to be honest with you. I'm actually surprised that uh, Amazon is on board creating a, an exclusive MMO from from them. But is this a free-to-play kind of game, but the content is going to be paid kind of thing down the road, like end-game content will be paid? It's more or less, from what I understand, scaling out like a pace of World of Warcraft, where it's going to be... Uh, subscription-based? Yeah, subscription-based, paid, paid release... Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, hopefully, if they can compete, because WoW has been on since 2004, if I'm not mistaken, since like the old days. And speaking from an old WoW player, like they've come a long way, and they still have a huge following mm-hmm. with the product itself. Um, how you got to be pretty ballsy to be the WoW killer, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Because Final Fantasy 15 is pretty much up there with world of warcraft from my understanding they're both pretty much the top mmos and i think that's more of a biased opinion but world of warcraft and ff15 are pretty high up there for great mmo products 
Yeah, Final Fantasy XV, I think, has something like 20-plus million subscribers. World of Warcraft's fallen down to around 5 or 6. Classic mm -hmm. has helped it up. We're going to be talking about World of Warcraft a little bit later. Over to you, Danny. What are your thoughts? Yes, and you know what? Before I continue any further, I had done it this morning. Uh, I had messaged on uh, Facebook over to this fine gentleman. And then began my day. And I, I, I can't believe I gaffed here. Uh, happy birthday to our guest, Alex. Oh, it is, uh, yeah. Happy birthday, happy birthday, buddy! It's it's that Thank day, you. and uh, you know we obviously uh, we love you here in Dirty Northerners, and we uh, we want to wish you a happy birthday. Hope it's been a great one, hanging out with the family, having uh, you know just a good old day. And Jody May for thanks, Jody May for bringing that up in the chat as well. Reminder. Gets me all the time. And then a pop after the donuts. Lock up the donuts. Oh, the donuts yeah, okay. are out! The donuts are out! That's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too oh. great. That is too uh, great. Hey, I, I got a chocolate cake. It wasn't the Boston cream cake, but it was a chocolate <laughs> cake, so I'll take that. There you go. Oh, you know what? Oh, you know what? If, if I'd only, if I'd only had more, you know, no, should have messaged there. Had her uh, make up something for you. <laughs> no for next year. Oh, no for next year. Next year. <laughs> I'll get you. But uh, That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, we'll move on from that one because, Danny, I want to hit you up with one here. Uh, there's a new Super Smash Bros. Ultimate character that has been announced. And I'm just going to kind of let you take it from here because I know you're excited for this one. Yeah, so I was uh, super excited for that uh, that Nintendo Direct. I know a lot of people uh, have their likes and, and their not likes of characters they want to the game. But uh, Nintendo and Sakurai announced that Pyra and Mithra from the Xenoblade Chronicles universe, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that came out for the Switch, one of the best games ever, uh, are now fully into Smash. They're the new DLC character that was announced. Uh, and the best thing about this character is that you're able to switch in mid-game. Uh, so it's not like you're going to have to choose one or the other when you go to the character screen. This is on the fly. There's a lot of great moves, and they look badass. So I'm super excited. Uh, I uh, I jumped off my uh, off my bed when I saw that. I watched that. <laughs> I, I was at work, so I couldn't watch it. I was having like the worst day ever. I uh, got home and like watched the direct that night, and I was like, I was so happy because I I'm such a diehard Xenoblade Chronicles fan, and having them in Smash is like the best thing ever. I can't wait to. I have the season pass, so right when they when they get released next month, I'll be the first to play it. Definitely be looking forward to uh, competing against you on your uh, community night, playing oh, Smash definitely. and definitely. and uh, yeah, and you and me go back and forth some really tough games, really really tough games, buddy. My my awesome uh, characters uh, always come out of nowhere. They they do, you know. You're able to pull out a roster that just. <laughs> I think it's Belleth. You're really Belleth's your star. You're you're, yeah. you're really good yeah. with her. Really, yeah. really good it's with her. her. And then it's uh, it will always. It's her and Corrin. Corrin is also one of my uh, favorite characters to use in game. Yeah. And no one's showing any love for Little Mac. Little Mac is awesome in Smash. At least to me. I love <laughs> using Little Mac. So going over to you, Alex, how are you excited to have these uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 characters coming in? Or, or, or are you in... Uh, are, do you know them? Uh, I'm not... Uh, this is going for Super Smash Brothers Brawl we're talking, right? No, this is Ultimate's new DLC yeah, champions. Ultimate. ultimate, sorry, sorry, I'm lo I lost track of that. I apologize. Ultimate. 
I've just I, I have been following, but I've played Ultimate before, and I'm just noticing all these characters just showing up on Ultimate. It's like the Mugen of all fighting games, like random people from different uh, platforms, different games. Yeah. Cross like cross like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Crossovering to yeah. Smash, which is really cool. Like my share of Street Fighter characters, my share of Xenoblade characters, Fire Emblem characters, Mario, and all of this. It's really not bizarre but it's insane to see that you're playing as all these characters fighting each other it's um i don't know I, i'm speechless with the amount of characters that you can choose from in this game it's amazing you gotta download sephiroth buddy play oh sephiroth in cloud. seriously yes. once i see sephiroth once i saw that i'm like this is not say i haven't seen sephiroth in a fighting game since ergies god bless the ring for ps1 yeah, he's an awesome character, man. You need to play him. He's great. Nice, nice. Uh, definitely, we'll have to get a switch and face you guys sometime. That's for sure. That's you, a problem. You got it. You have to do that. I mean, you yeah. are a fighting god, and I am shocked that Super Smash Brothers is not on your roster of like a rotation. You know, just games you can you know, roll into a party and be, hey, you know, you're playing some Smash. I'm, a, I'm an expert or two, you know. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good games too. A lot of good fighting games for the for the system, Alex. Speaking of games, we're going to be moving on to our next topic here, and it's it's a big one because there was news about that or that we reported on last week or the week prior regarding Google Stadia closing closing down their uh, Stadia game development studios. Now, there has been a report come out from Kotaku that says. The general manager of Google Stadia, who is Phil Harrison, that it was brought up during a question and answer session regarding the staff as to pretty much why we were shutting down and why, what's the reason? One of the reasons that was brought up was the recent acquisition of Bethesda by Microsoft. And I find that, I find it interesting because, I mean, it's a big move, but... Could it be, and I'm going to pose this question to to uh, Alex here first. Could it be, actually, Danny, I'll go with you first because I got Alex last too. Danny. Sorry. Could, could it be that Google realized that their attempt to get Google Stadia out as that fourth console in the mix to compete alongside, I mean, technically, I'd, I'd actually even say the fifth console, competing against Xbox One, or actually Xbox, piece, uh, PlayStation Nintendo and the PC. They're coming out to try and be that number five console. There's a lot of consoles that have tried. Uh, there was that Oya console, wasn't that something that came out like 10 years ago? Or the I forget what it was called. But, I mean, at, at some point in time, you know, there has to be that realization, you know, upstairs of like, hey, we fucked up. Is that that? Mo- is this that moment? Yes. I said it right away, right, right from the beginning. Uh, Google tried to do what uh, other companies did at the beginning, where it was like, uh, when especially with when in the '90s with Nintendo and Sega were going at it, we had a lot of companies trying try and get in there. This is the same situation. Google thought that just because they could create uh, a gaming platform, it shouldn't, it really isn't a gaming platform, a streaming platform, uh, to compete with the other companies. Uh, charging crazy amounts for like the games, even though you're streaming it. Um, but 
you're going against three huge companies that have been around for years. <clears throat> you don't have traction. Google does not have traction of being a good uh, company, especially when it comes to uh, their products. They they basically abandon products as fast as they start them up. And I knew right away, nobody was talking about Stadia. Nobody cared about it. It was one of those like forgotten um consoles if you want to call it a console i don't even call it a console but mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty much it's in the dust nobody cared about it nobody's nobody is going to be looking for it in the next year or so it's a dead thing yeah it's pretty much dead in the water what are your thoughts there alex well the thing is though the big mistake that they did was they over promised and under delivered i guess is the best way to describe it because i think they wanted to do 4k 60 fps to streamline this but mm-hmm. when they promised that they did not deliver whatsoever because there were so many flaws to streaming games you can't really do that unless you have like the best bandwidth possible how many households have that do you have a gig uh, do you have fiber do you have a gigabit ethernet that goes out and comes back i don't think so yeah and there's a lot of countries too that don't have that uh even that um that thing to have that high of a speed. So like, I, I don't know what they were thinking. It was literally the stupidest idea, if, especially for our generation. Maybe if it was like 15, 20 years down the road, maybe, but right now, no. Maybe, but the thing is though, what they've tested, if I remember this correctly, cause I, my buddy and I were talking about this last week, it was 4K 30 FPS. Like it was very similar to the Xbox One S and the PlayStation 4 Pro like specs into mm-hmm. the when it came to the gaming like that the graphics but they they tried but I don't see them succeeding it's not time for them to be a console developer let them be a search provider and like Google Nest and all that kind of stuff but not in the gaming industry yeah, it was a big gamble a big gamble and obviously you know it's one of those things that there is a new transition into services, and you see it in the Epic Game Store, what they're doing and giving out free games. You see it in the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Now service, where you get those free games every month. You see it in the Xbox get, uh, Live Games for Gold, where you get free games every month. You see it in Amazon Prime, where you get free games every month. Do you catch my drift? Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a change right now in the gaming atmosphere. Mm-hmm. where you're gathering titles and it's it's no longer a big deal if they sell it 79.99 anymore because at the end of the day, right? Would you rather sell 10,000 copies at 79.99 and make that $20 that you so badly want to make off every title cuz that's all your profit margin was, let's say. Yeah. Right. Or or do you want to put it in the hands of, say, a million people and put in ways for them to spend items or to spend their money on items, on things in the game that will get them to give you money? I mean, it's... It's a big risk when you think about it. How, like, What's to give you the most profit at the very end? But you see it right now. You know what I mean? Like you see what like, it, it's a big risk, but you, you know, something my uh, my dad once said to me, and you know, it's a regard of you know looking at looking at things that are happening. You know, look at the success of something else. You know, th- there's been research and there's been been things put into that for for a reason, right? So you know, 
not not not, not everything's perfect but you know you, you you see that something's working and obviously there's this shift you see the xbox game pass continuing to grow we just got done talking about it. i think again in the last couple of weeks the subscriber numbers are up another three million you have 18 i think it was like 18 19 million people now paying 17 dollars a month mm-hmm. just think of the numbers go look, you know, it's, i think i think that's pretty close to around 200 and some odd million last i checked per month Ching, 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 ching. It's crazy, absolutely does crazy. Does that benefit like Sony or Microsoft more than a developer? Well, from that side of things, everything that we've heard, we've had Wes even talk about it. Uh, he, you know, he knows a few developers that have gone on the program, and they've all came back saying extremely well things. It's that basis where it's a Fortnite model. You throw it out for free if people like the game. They'll buy things in it to generate you more revenue. Like for instance, like we talked about Valheim, right? And we've been talking about Valheim. You and I are rather interested in that. They're releasing free updates because this is early access for Valheim. They're releasing updates for four more biomes and four more bosses free. I would like to see them though do some other things so that they can continue working on Valheim because they say they're going to finish at nine. Personally, I would rather them not finish at nine. Take this to Minecraft, you know. So it's they they definitely have to. Well, it's just interesting, but the, the writing's on the wall. You've got the Amazon Prime, and they've got their own brand new thing. I believe it's called uh, Linux or Linus Luna. Luna, I think, is it Luna? Luna. Luna. Yes, Luna. Yeah, Luna is Amazon's basic Xbox Game Pass program. They're going to be having Ubisoft and others join, and Ubisoft's going to be like a channel. So pretty much think of the same way of how you access your movies. Go on Amazon Prime, going down the channels. Well, that's how you're going to be able to access your games. Like this, this is the one thing I I apologize. You can fi- finish what you have to say, Jake, but I do have I have a little bit of a problem with all these subscriptions myself. But you fit you finish first. Oh, that's all I got to say. Be hit, hit it up. The one thing is that there's way too many subscription-based uh, products out there, and if like your favorite developer is on, like like you said, if Ubisoft is with Amazon, but your subscription is with um, Sony or whatever, it's like, well, shit, do I have? I, I want to get the uh, Assassin's Creed is my favorite game, or any Ubisoft title is my favorite. I have to subscribe to Amazon then to get their products. It, no different than the way it is for TV. You're looking at Netflix. You're looking at Hulu. You're looking at HBO Max. You're looking at Disney Plus. It's enticement. It's the new game, man. It's the new gig. But it's, it's okay. I, I, it's okay, Alex. I'm I'm very old school with that too. We're gonna go ahead. Go ahead. We're gonna move on from there, though. We got a lot to cover tonight. This one's gonna be a, a bit of a quick one. Uh, Animal Crossing is getting new items next week, and obviously the Mario anniversary has just came and gone, and we're still in it. Uh, Animal Crossing is getting Mario items next week, so there's a lot of cool things. There's going to be coming a pipe that's going to allow you to transport yourself around the island. Mario and Luigi-themed items, clothing, other furniture to put down on the island as well. Danny, I, I want to ask you first on this. I'm not sure if you're an Animal Crossing player, but... Would this want to bring you over? I am an Animal Crossing player, and uh, the addiction's real with that game. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I spent when I first bought that, I I spent hours just 
like going around my island and fixing it up. Uh, yeah, this this is going to get people to buy it. Yeah. Um, like we we've already talked about how successful the game has been sale wise for for Nintendo. This is just adding to it. Every time that they add something to it, it gives more players that thing to go back or you know players like who were playing and then they stopped or sold it or whatever. They're going to go back and get it now. It's one of those things. You you got to feed that addiction. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's definitely going to be another cash cow. So it's let them go. Let let that wheels turn for for Nintendo. There, just keep keep feeding it money. That's it. Just just keep being fed. What about you, Alex? Is this with this? I know you don't have a Switch, but is this something that would entice you to get one? Nope. Um, now I can see why people like it. I can see why they enjoy Animal Crossing. Like I seen your channel and Alicia playing Animal Crossing, and I can see how much she really enjoys it. And the community is growing and growing and the more content that's being pushed in there and i'm sure people who have a nintendo switch and they see how fun this is i'm sure they're going to purchase it and continue to you know like danny said get feed the cash cow basically mm-hmm. and move on with it i can see it happening um, but for me I, for me i don't have a switch and i don't think that would be for a reason for me to buy a switch valheim is my animal crossing to build stuff and all that right Go to town on building them there. Sticking with Nintendo, Danny, Splatoon 3 was announced. I know you play a lot of that over on the uh, Classic Red Box, uh, your own uh, Twitch channel there. Uh, what are your thoughts on the announcement? Uh, yeah, that, that was the one that uh, that finished my night for me. That That is definitely the highlight of that show. I am so happy that we're getting uh, a third installment. Uh, the first one came out for the Wii U. Uh, and then, of course, the second for the Switch. We've never seen a Splatoon game uh, come out with two uh, for one console, so mm-hmm. that's pretty big news. And everything that they that look they've done in that trailer, it looks new, it looks refreshed, it looks it looks great. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm super excited. And that that's something that I like. You said uh, I play on my channel, of course. I play that every Wednesday, uh, sometimes morning or sometimes night, depending on my work schedule. But I absolutely love that game. I've been a huge fan of it since the beginning. And having a part three come out, even though it's not coming out this year, which is kind of sad, but it does come out next year, I'm definitely buying it. Hands down, first day one, I'll probably buy two copies. So what was one of the big changes that they showed off in the trailer? Okay, so Splatoon has has a, a single player, it has this multiplayer experience. Uh, single player was basically more of a... It was more of testing your your weapons kind of thing and getting from point A to point B. Uh, this one is more has they say it has more of an in depth story, so it's going to have cinematics. It's going to be very different, uh, and uh, the online part has been changed up. The way you, you the way you start matches, the way you have um, the layouts, weapons. There's going to be a whole slew of weapons, different settings. Uh, different city, so they're they're going big with this one too, uh, like they did with part two, and it's going to be very interesting how they go. Uh, Epic Polar Bear says here he's like two copies, one to open and one to keep in plastic. You know it. You and, know it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a super collector, so yeah. I, depending on what game it is, I'll have one that I keep sealed uh, for collector's purposes and one to open. Or to save you the room, one digital copy and one physical copy. 
No, it's all it's all physical for me, buddy. All oh, physical. Gotcha. Danny's getting physical, and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so guys, moving on from there, Splatoon three. There's another one here I want to talk to you guys, and it's about the Embracer Group. So if you don't know who the Embracer Group is, and I don't really know a whole lot about them other than what I read pretty much in their article upon reading it. Uh, obviously, they came up a little bit ago, though. Uh, they purchased Gearbox software, which is Borderlands, and then there was a question as to whether or not Borderlands was still going to be developed under 2K. That's still a thing. And it's... Well, Embracer Group has to announce or has come out to announce that they have 150 games in development with around 70 of them that are going to be due out by March 2022. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> that, that was last that was last year. <laughs> before before March 22, uh, Embracer Group also owns such studios as Volition and they're responsible for Saints Row. They own Coffee Stain, which is Satisfactory. And 4A Gains Metro Exodus, uh, to name a few of them. And again, 70 of those are to be completed before March 2022. We talked about uh, Take Two telling or saying that they had around 97, 98 games in development. They're the heads that own Rockstar Games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, this is what I was again referring to earlier. Why about like there's a lot of games in development. 70 games in development that are going to be out before next March. That is more than three games a month. That's close. To, I mean, I think that's, I think it's like five games a month. Yeah, that's like just it's it's too many games a month. Let's just put it that way, in my opinion. But is that horrible? Is the question? Oh, absolutely. Just you have so many studios under your belt and so many teams working on projects. Like Volition, the one studio that is behind Saints Row, they could have one team in Volition working on one project, another team inside Volition working on another project. It's just using that studio's assets to make those games. And to me, it's about quality over quantity a little bit. A lot of these are going to be your mobile games too. So this is not like 70 games that are coming to your Xbox One. Or keep saying Xbox One. Guys, say Xbox Series. Xbox Series, PlayStation 5, etc. Or your PC. It's it, these games are likely going to be ending up a majority of them coming over to mobile or uh, Google Play Store or some form of not being just on those consoles. There, there will be some. However, I myself, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to a couple of them if it is true, which would be uh, something on the lines of a new Saints Row and a new Metro game would be two of the ones that I would be most looking forward to. What do you think, though, Alex? I'd rather, like, if we're talking quality over quantity, I'd rather the developers take their time and perfect the product itself. Uh, like, Cyberpunk is a different story, unfortunately. Like, I don't know what happened there. But traditionally, yeah, thank you, thank you, Danny. But usually it would be take your time, make sure the bugs are worked out, and then move forward with the release. Like, that's just, that's my opinion. I'd rather the developers take their time and not like work themselves to the bone and like mentally drain themselves over a product. I'd rather them take their time and perfect it. And it's rather incredible that since last May, they announced that they had 69 unannounced games in development and 118 games in development. So between then and now they've added on another 32 new projects since May of last year. 
it's just it's i feel it's a little much but again it's uh danny hit me what's your thoughts buddy yeah so i i feel the same way as you guys you know it definitely you want quality more than the quantity um this we know, th this is what we talked about before this is more like the hype train uh, i read an article uh not too long ago about you know companies um saying that they have all these games that are supposed to be released next year or you know whatever and it's it, yeah it's it's that hype train right and uh, like alex said uh i don't think we're gonna see most of them and i'm sure like you said it's probably going to be more mobile games than it will be anything else uh but i that you have less well you have about a year less than a year to create those uh those to get those big name titles if you have big name titles out mm -hmm. like it that that's a lot of thing i you know what i'm seeing i'm seeing this is cyberpunk and it's like this is all those titles and they're going to crash like like you know two trains smashing into each other uh hopefully that's not true but like that's that's insane that's a little ridiculous i can understand like you know 20 30 maybe being out next year sure that's that's doable but you know, over that amount of games, no, yeah. I don't. I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Or if be, they do, it's gonna be half, like really, really half of them, really bad. Right. There will be delays. Epic Polar Bear in the chat says, "I'd love a new Epic. Sorry, I I love a new Saints Row, but it needs to be more like three than four. And Epic Polar Bear, I want to put something to you. Can it be more like one and two than three? More specifically, can it be more like one?" Uh. <laughs> I love Saints Row 1. If you guys never played Saints Row 1, that was a phenomenal game. It was all about game taking over and moving in, taking out territory. The big purple dildo in 3. <laughs> I, I mean, like, like, I won't lie. For me, Saints Row, like, I loved the silliness of Saints Row and how it was in GTA, but it got too silly. Like, I, I found... Uh, it no see for me nah it definitely got too silly like when I had a base it's, it's when I had a much. when I had a dildo as a baseball bat I was like <laughs> all right you know and then yeah I mean there's yeah then the aliens came in and I was like all right it's shit's gone whack and then like four just took everything and it was like let's just you know let's just fuck shit up overdrive like it's just the stupidest though. Yeah, not stupidest. I I too much. I liked four. Is the product? But, well, here's the thing: if it's not a game, you should take too seriously. It, just get a. I know video games are a, a type of escapism, but Saints Row Three was just once I saw when I was customizing my character and the package size and the customize. Literally, your junk could be as small as a freaking microscopic penis. Yeah. Or, than like a like this microphone probably as I destroy my stuff. Right, not. <laughs> Sorry about that. But but my point is like not all <coughs> so serious. Like at least don't take yourself so seriously when you play the games. That's what yeah. I liked about Saints Row Three. Absolutely. Let's move on from the Embracer Group though, and let's go find ourselves in another area let's go head over to silent hill because there's a new game that is reportedly in development in the silent hill series something that has not been done for a long time now 
and it is being done at a Japanese developer. Uh, the developer Bloober team is the one that has been uh, eyed to do this, and uh, yeah, Blooper team says it's working on another horror IP with a very famous publisher, as was put out very vague. And everyone's beginning to speculate that they're going to be working on Sound Hill. They're the group behind the medium. That's a very successful game so far. Um, and it's going to be interesting. I've not really played the Sound Hill games for many obvious reasons. Danny, you know them. Uh, and that is I hate horrors. Horror games and me. Yeah, Which is yeah. what I choose one every week for you, buddy. I know. It's amazing. I love having to go back and edit the videos and then watch and support and produce. I'm just like... Danny, man, I just feel targeted right now. <laughs> <laughs> just the pure um, enjoyment every time you turn on that, uh, switch, that um, Twitch uh, stream there, buddy. Right? It's oh, just like, oh. you, you hear like, <laughs> yeah. like, no. Like, like when, when I say I'm twitching, I'm like, I'm, sitting, I'm like, no. Like, oh, it's oh. oh, good. I love it. Oh. Jake, you gotta grow so you gotta grow a pair of cojones. Like you've played Amnesia and you did very well in Amnesia. It looked like you tolerated that that horror game particularly. I don't like horror games that I don't like horror in general. That is jump scare. Anything that's like you know psychological th horror thriller, I, I can do thriller. Right, <laughs> suspense thriller, I can do. It's those like jump scare horrors where something's jumping out at you from the dark. I mean, it's just going to get me every time. And it's like, I don't know. I don't like setting myself up. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lose my mind and having this jump out at me fifth and ten. Ah! Ah! No, you know what? I'm good. You know what? I will save the condition on my heart. Thank you. And I'll just go play some rage-inducing game instead. <laughs> I throw my controller across the room. I don't want to get scared, okay? You know? Have you seen like us but, play Phasmophobia by chance? If I, I can get, if I can get through that, I think you can get through a horror game yourself. Possibly, I, I gotta try Phasmophobia. But for Silent Hill, have either you played it? Then you're gonna go with you first. Yeah, so I I am a huge Silent Hill fan. I love the Silent Hill series. Uh, I hate Konami with a passion. Because <laughs> they, they, I, I don't know what the hell that company has done over the years. They just, they slowly started to become absolutely stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it is a new Silent Hill game, uh, thank the gods because we, we deserve one. It's been way too long. Mm -hmm. uh, but like Joey is saying here, that she lost faith in Silent Hill ever since the, uh, the PT got scrapped. I'm hoping that uh, we're, I, we need that franchise to come back. It was a great franchise. They had a lot of good games, uh, some bad ones, but, you know, that happens with a lot of franchises. I'm really hoping this is true, though I don't think it is. The last... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Alex. Okay, uh, the last Silent Hill game I played was Silent Hill The Room for Xbox. And um, the one thing that I really enjoyed about Silent Hill was it wasn't so much like Resident Evil. Like, Resident Evil was uh, action horror, while Silent Hill was more psychological, run, hide, and some puzzles to go with it. And that's what I really enjoyed about Silent Hill. Like, Silent Hill 2 was really fun. There was very minimal action sequences in all Silent Hill games, I think. Um, but it's mostly a psychological horror, and that's what I really enjoy in the Silent Hill series. Yeah, I mean, like, looking at it right now, there's, like, some, like, dead stitched bodies with a 
<laughs> no, no, I'm good. I don't want to be chased by anything. I don't want to have to. No. Well, Pyramid Head is a very friendly guy. Once you get to know him, yeah, he won't, he won't uh, you. He'll help you sharpen his sword. You know, life is good. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Right oh there. man. Yep. <laughs> so moving on from the moving on from the horror-inducing gore and just. <laughs> By the yeah. to another Silent Hill, if they can revitalize the franchise to its original roots, yeah, then I think Silent Hill can have a chance. I yeah, mean, it it hopefully will. It, it definitely hopefully will. But moving on from there, we got a lot to cover still tonight. Uh, the controversial Saudi prince. We reported that he had just purchased a lot of SNK in terms of coming or becoming the uh, owner of SNK uh, earlier a few, a few months ago. He has now invested billions more into three gaming companies. And the three gaming companies that he invested money into are Activision, EA, and Take-Two. Now, I mean, the amount of money that he's put in is a lot. Uh, three billion in total has been put in towards these companies. And he has purchased a total of 14.9 million shares in Activision, 7.4 million shares of EA, and 3.9 million shares of Take-Two. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the situation and why this Crown Prince is uh, so controversial, it's because he was implicated by the CIA in the assassination of a journalist, uh, the journalist Jamal Khashoggi, that was uh, found to go inside the Turkish embassy and, uh, I believe the Turkish embassy and Saudi Arabia disappear, uh, though Saudi Arabia has denied the claims. He has also been accused of sending a hit squad to Canada to kill a former Saudi intelligence officer. And he has also been criticized for his involvement in the alleged jailing and torturing of activists during the, uh, uh, or just in general. And then, uh, and he was urged by the UN to try and free them, but he denied it. And he still denies that it even happened. All of, Saudi, all of which Saudi Arabia denies in general. What do you, Danny, think about someone like this having now growing influence in the gaming world? Well, hey, he sounds like a total scumbag, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I want him to bring out uh, an SNK system. I'd I'd love to see a new uh, SNK system. I haven't had one ever, so it would be nice to have that. Uh, But yeah, a lot of stuff has been pop up. You know, there's a lot of conf- controversial stuff about a lot of uh, a lot of people out there. A lot of you know, there's movie actors, politicians, uh, princes, uh, princesses, whatever. Um, and I don't know. I, I try not to let that get into my way of life. I guess I should put it. He, you know, he's he's going with his passion of gaming, which we're all gamers. We can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes, his his past is shady, and we don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I'm not a journalist, and thank God, because I don't want to die. Uh, but it's uh, you know, it's one of those things, right? It's like you don't you don't know. And I just I really don't have that thing. But please make a console. In the chat, Epic Polar Bear says. Alex looks like he has no desire to touch this topic, not even with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> well, he's not wrong, but if you want my opinion, I'll give it to you. Sure do. Stay 
away from the gaming industry. We don't want your money. F off. There you go. You heard it from Alex. That's his thoughts. That's his thoughts right there on the yeah. Crown Prince being if involved. You have, <laughs> if you have any sort of shady business, you're denying all this garbage. You're denying all these accusations. I'm sure when so many people are pointing fingers at you and you're denying, really? Show us. Show us what you've got. What if you're innocent? Show us if you're innocent. All right. Speak. Yeah. Speaking of shady deals, there's a developer that has uh, been banned off of Steam because they tried to cheat the system and get themselves more positive reviews. Now, this developer's name was very positive, and the whole thing has to come down to where the name of a company is located and where the review of the game is also located in the Steam uh Show uh, you know, where, where the Steam displays the game. So this company uh, decided that they would try to use the name Very Positive as their company's name to try and trick people thinking that it was a very positive reviewed game so that they would go and purchase the game. You want to oh. try and talk about a way to trick people. It, uh, it, was, it, it, it was interesting. They said that they are only guilty of making a very bad game, uh, the very positive developer, but uh, it's I, I find it so interesting that like this happened in general as Danny, what do you think, buddy? I, I'm, in, I'm still waiting to hear what company this is because I'm totally like uh... Th that's it, they're, they're called very positive. That's the name of the company? Yeah, so what they did is they named themselves Very Positive, and then where the name is displayed on Steam is very close to where the review score is. So they tried tricking everybody with the, the review having their name being very positive so that people would think that the review is very positive. Zero. <laughs> Scumbaggish scum, scum move I've ever seen in my life. Kelly was sitting here, I was like, what company? What's up? I'm like, are you gonna tell us the name, or are we gonna guess it? It's just like that is the company's name. Very positive. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they uh, they uh, have to be forced to change their name because that that's just horrible. That's, well, that's a really big trick right there. They've been banned, and the anonymous developer is uh, Emoji Evolution, and uh, that is what they ended up telling Vice. This report comes from Vice. Um, in the wake of the ban. They said that if making awful games is not allowed on Steam, why haven't they already suspended the CDPR account? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh. Whoa, shots fired, ladies and gentlemen. Shots yeah. fired. Uh, they, they, they go on to apologize later Wednesday, tweeting, I apologize to any customer that was misled by my trick. Bless Steam refund system. Oh my god. Oh. But Alex, what are your final thoughts on that, buddy? If you're going to sink that low into manipulating or do a little wordplay, so to speak, to gain positive reviews and have people being tricked to buy your product and maybe it sucked or maybe it might be good, but that's just pretty low. You sunk to a new low on your part as a developer. You should be ashamed. If you are looking for it out there, folks, you can go find it on, I believe this is itch.io. 
L-O, I-O, L-O, looks like L-O, I'm going to go L-O, itch.lo, and says that uh, it's going to be free until Steam restores my developer account, and then in brackets, forever, LOL. So, it's probably going to be free forever, and you can go find it over there if you really want to try playing this horrible game from the sounds of it, and I don't <laughs> suggest you do, but it's out so there, not, Internet. It's out there. Positive? No, but the developer is. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, All right. All right. I, I hope Wes wasn't here for that one. Oh, God. <laughs> no, like, an epic polar bear say, I can't really agree they sank or did anything wrong. Well, you're right. You're, you may be right. You may be wrong, but uh, he's right. The thing is that with marketing, it is all about wordplay and throwing a fishing line and fish you in to buy the product. So by any means, they're going to try and get your money. But you're right, Jake. One thing, the refund policy in Steam is actually really good. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, I I, I got to say there, you know, you've got to you gotta thwart it. You got you to gotta thwart the idea. You know, stop letting it happen and all those. Yep, you got you to gotta have it thwarted. But let's move on from there. We've got tons more to talk about, and Danny, I'm going to hit you up with another juicy one because you and Nintendo are just yin and yang together, and it's going to be The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is now up for pre-order, and it's coming out. Danny, when's it coming out? Oh, that's a great question because I totally blanked out on the date there. July 16th. <laughs> July 16th, people. July 16th. It's coming out July 16th for the Nintendo Switch. Obviously, this is something that we've seen not leaked anywhere. It's not real. It's not a real thing for a while now. And here it is. It's now going to be coming out on the Nintendo Switch. And I believe it's going to be making good use of the Joy-Cons, which is going to be one of the cool features that people have. But you can also choose a new controller scheme as well that will just simply flick the right stick to swipe your store in a variety of directions. It, th this way it allows it to work in a handheld mode as well as on the Switch Lite. So the Switch Lite players, don't worry, you can still play. Just you flick your sword up. Danny, hit me though. How excited are you for this? Uh, okay, so I'm super excited because I, of course, like everyone else, has have the copy for my Wii U um, that came with my special collector's silver, ah, that's a golden uh, Wii Remote Plus, which is still sealed. Um... I have not played that game because I got so frustrated with the control setting uh, back in that when it first came out. Uh, and the remake looks beautiful. The the use of the Joy-Cons seem to be working. But the main thing that gets me, I'm not much of a motion guy. I like that they're going to have it so you can play with the, the, the Pro Controller. That is something I wanted. Uh, and I, for me personally, I still say that the Skyward Sword is better than Breath of the Wild style. I don't care much for the new way that they're taking Zelda. I prefer the old style of gameplay. So I'm very happy that uh, that this one's coming back so I can actually replay it on the Switch with that HD upgrade. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to actually playing it for the first time. I never mm -hmm. played Skyward Sword HD. I never played Twilight Princess. Whoa. And, Twilight and Princess I... Is great. I never played Wind Waker, so I know Wind Waker. Uh, Wind Waker's not out on Switch, is it? No. No, just no. The Wii U. Yeah, Wii U. So hopefully we get a Wind Waker remake. No, Wind Waker, I did not. 
I missed pretty much every other one than Majora's Mask and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. You're missing out on a lot. There's some good Zelda titles out there after Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. They yeah. were great. It's like you missed. Yeah. So I'm looking Wind forward Waker's to still my favorite game. Which one, sorry? Wind Waker is still my absolute favorite Zelda title. Yeah. My all time favorite is Link to the Past. I don't care what anyone says, but Link to the Past is my all-time favorite Zelda game. And I'll still give other Zelda games a shot, but Link to the Past is my favorite. All right, so we got a couple of big ones to cover up here tonight. So we got to go a little bit quick here. Um, first, I'm going to hit you with it, Alex. is the one I told you at the beginning of the night I wanted to hit you with. And that is Fortnite's latest leaks hint at a street night. Or a street night. Street... <laughs> Fortnite Street Night, get it? It's going to be Street Night. At a Street Fighter crossover event. And uh, you mentioned Ryu earlier, and I was like, you know what? Good thing that I thrown this in here. Their data miners have apparently figured out that there's some audio in the game and that they think that the Street Fighter's world is about to collide with Fortnite. So, because that, cause that mean that we're going to be seeing Hadouken's going to be thrown into Fortnite as a move that you can do, an item you go pick up, you become Ryu. Probably going to be skin-related, but uh, there's even people saying that there's a portal. Uh, again, these are people that have gone kind of like data mining the code, um, but it, it looks like there's even like a Street Fighter portal that gets activated, turned on, so maybe they simply come through this portal. Who knows? But, Alex, yes, would this bring you over to Fortnite? Absolutely. Honest to God, I'm a big Street Fighter fan since Street Fighter 2. And this would probably be, but actually, no, I'm not going to say probably more than 99% chance I'm going to buy the skins and of all Street Fighter related content for Fortnite because Ryu is an iconic character. He's the poster boy for Street Fighter. And the first lady of fighting games is Chun-Li. I don't care what anybody says mm -hmm. when it comes to female uh, fighters in any fighting game. Chun-Li is the first lady of fighting games. Well, we're going to... Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to have to get you joined in. Uh, we'll have to get some Fortnite games played when the new update comes out. If it does indeed go Street Fighter, then so we can work on getting you those skins. Because, yeah, it'd be good to play. I don't think we've played Fortnite yet. Have, or have you played Fortnite yet? I play Fortnite. I play oh, Fortnite yeah, you do. Oh, Fortnite. yeah. And uh, an epic polar bear. Yep, Katana is up there. She is an iconic character, but she came later than Chun Li. So, much, she came a year or so after, a year later than Chun Li. She's still a cool character, but Chun Li is pretty cool. Is cooler, I think. Biased opinion, I know. Biased. Just a little biased, eh? Yeah. But it won't surprise me for the Street Fighter stuff. It would be like a Hadouken emoji or Shoryuken emoji. A lot of like moves, I'm sure, are going to be emojis. But I would like to see an environment of Street Fighter stages and what have you being introduced in Fortnite. It would be kind of cool to see that. I got one I'm just going to read pretty much going through here quickly on, on a couple of these folks. Um, just going to rush through and just more or less let you guys know of the information. And then we're going to dive into just a couple more. And I really want to hit Alex on these. That's why I'm, I'm saving them. So All right. uh, the first one is, is the Burning Crusade Classic is now going to be upgraded. It, it's coming out and it is going to be replacing... The Classic Edition of World of Warcraft. We're not replacing. You're going to be able to still play World of Warcraft Classic. But now Burning Crusade Classic is going to be a thing. They're just re-releasing the whole game over again. So let's do this. 
I mean, I have to say I'm not sold on it. I don't know if I could get back into going and doing all that content that I'd already done over again. I am a big proponent of fresh content as opposed to going back and playing things I've already played. It's why I actually struggle playing retro games myself because I've already played the games and I have a difficult time going back and playing the game once I find I, find I beat it. I mean, there's certain titles I can, but... Um, so like, it's, <clears throat> like Mass Effect, Halo. I mean, that's not even technically retro. Donkey Kong, Mario sixty four. I could do all day long. You know, just certain titles. But yeah, uh, the the other one is that, that Blizzard may one day let Alliance and Horde players play together in World of Warcraft. And this came up in a recent uh, uh, question and answers at their BlizzCon. Basically, the uh, oh, what's the gentleman's name here? Whoop, 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 whoop. Zoidberg alert. No. Right. Uh, oh, where's the gentleman's name here? I had it done. Yeah, uh, the the games director Ian Hasakostas, uh came out and pretty much said, "I would honestly never say never. There are a ton of reasons why it is essential to retain faction identity, but for the sake of rated arena, from day one, Alliance could fight Alliance and Horde would could fight Horde." When Burnkerstein Classic comes out later this year, that'll be a thing, and that will be a competitive activity, and that was one of those areas where the gameplay of the need for matchmaking was a top priority, and it had to be. And he goes on to pretty much explain that at the end of the day, MMOs are about being able to play with your friends. And it, it's almost beginning to kind of sound like an Xbox, PlayStation kind of thing, because at the end of the day, you just want to play with your friends, even if they're on Horde, even if they're on Alliance. And... I don't know. I, I can't really agree with that stance myself, but I just wanted to let you guys know about that, that uh, uh, he has come out. and I mean, it is a thing, and you know what? Because it's been put out there, I guarantee you we're going to see it at some point in time. So be prepared for Horde and Alliance players to be able to play together. It will be in some kind of a limited fashion. Doing raids, doing dungeons, those kind of things where, especially in certain expansions, it may have actually made sense for them to team up. Cataclysm was an example of that where, in my opinion, it was very much Horde Alliance saying you guys should team up against this big bad guy destroying the world. And Legion. And mm -hmm. other ones. Where it's mm -hmm. that's just the premise. And it's not about fighting each other, but it's been about fighting this other common threat together. So, I mean, the argument can definitely be made. Hey, let's just team up. Like, I don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. I just want to kill the boss. You want to kill the boss? Great. But anyways, I just want to let you guys know about that one. And one other one as well. Uh, there's a planned Toronto esports arena that has 7,000 seats and it looks wild. It's not planned to be out until 2025. It is owned and managed by the same group that owns the uh, Toronto uh, Overwatch League's Toronto Defiant and the Call of Duty League's Toronto Ultra. That's Overactive Media. And again, 2020-25 is when this thing's expected to be made. It has a 500 million entertainment value. Uh, venue center and the pictures of it are glorious it looks really really cool really high tech maybe even too high tech because it kind of looks like a tortoise shell but <laughs> i mean it looks cool it looks really cool and for an esports venue to be up in canada it gives us any more us canadians more reasons to attend esports events which is what we love doing i remember going to toronto attending the nasl the national Oh, what was this the North American Star League for StarCraft 2? And I went to Toronto, and for three days, me and my buddy, we sat there 
gun ho as the matches went off and a lot of great memories a lot of great memories i remember getting the uh, starcraft uh, two champions uh, zerg champion uh scarlet uh, watching her play uh stefano i got his autograph he was another big zerg champion so it was really cool seeing those champions live Nice. That's it for those on the short end, though. The ones I wanted to talk to Alex real quick at the end here is Diablo 2 has been resurrected. And I would like you to kind of take it away from here, Alex. No problem. Uh, once uh, Diablo 2 resurrected has been announced this past weekend, like my childhood has basically been resurrected because I, I remember putting so many hours in Diablo 2 when in 2001 when Lord of Destruction came out. 1999 when Diablo 2 Vanilla came out. Um, so when they put out, it's still the same game, same engine, same whatever, but they just upscaled the textures and they look gorgeous. Oh yeah. Just like the Master Chief Collection, you can, re- like in the Master Chief Collection, you can revert back to the old graphics, right? Yep. Like in- They're going to do this in Diablo 2 Resurrection as well, so you can go nice. back and forth between the old school 2D sprites and the 3D sprites. Um, the menus have basically been a little bit elaborative, and I will give the developers credit for instead of doing the advanced math of doing calculating the most damage or whatnot, there's an extra window there for the player saying, yeah, if I equip this, this will give you more damage here, or this will give you more defense here, and so forth. So I did not know about this until Balkan and I we were playing like three years ago, where it's like, oh, Alex, you, you have you heard of doing rune words, and have you heard about this uh, concoction in the in the cube or whatever, Roger Cube? Holy shit! Like this is twenty years worth of information I've missed out on. Like I've learned something new and things like that. But overall, I'm looking forward to seeing Diablo Two Resurrection, and I'm seeing that the developers stay true to uh, Diablo Two's um, lore mm-hmm. and just upscaling everything it just looks amazing my only fear is do not make it like warcraft 3 reforged because that destroyed warcraft 3 unfortunately it did it really did and it was developed by blizzard north which they shut her down and or moved in there yeah they shut her down moving their studio into and we reported on that just another couple weeks ago which is crazy which is crazy but Lastly, and I want to get Danny on here for the Diablo as well. Um, lastly, Diablo 4 has had a little bit more details. The Rogue class has been shown off. Something that was first a Diablo 1 class, I believe. Yes, you are correct. The Rogue was your dexterity character from Diablo 1, the original. Mm-hmm. And then they were your mercenary for Diablo 2. So they took out the Rogue going into number 2, but they brought it back for Diablo 4, which is pretty crazy. So again, Alex, why don't you go on a little bit about the rogue? Okay, um, just for the just for the one thing, an epic polar bear asked, "Have they have they said it will be four max party or eight? It's going to be your traditional eight for Diablo Two Resurrected. So eight players with mercs as well. So total of sixteen Ooh. people basically on your party. Wow! When it when it comes out in December or earlier this year, I am definitely going to play it. I'm going to stream it, and I would like my friends to play with me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but as for the rogue, uh, when they've demonstrated the uh, the rogue in this game, it gave me that assassin demon hunter feel for um, for what's it called for the rogue. So you can be the close counter, like fast paced, 
like assassin, like stealthy kill or just go in and kill, or you could just be the long range uh, bow and arrow type. Uh, so I've, I was very impressed with uh, the way that they've introduced the rogue being that uh, assassin getting those ears, putting them in the closet and things like that. Mm-hmm. That brings back nostalgia to me because of all these ears that you've collected when you killed other players in Diablo 1 and 2. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so, so do you find that the rogue might be replacing the demon hunter, or do you think the demon hunter is still going to be around as a character, a character class? Nah, it's going to... Like, I feel that uh, demon hunter is done, and they're just going to stick to rogue. The final class, I think they got to bring a sword and board character. So like a Templar. The Paladins are basically dead in the lore going forward. Because Zacharum is basically destroyed. And that's mm-hmm. where the Paladins originally were created. They came from Zacharum. And Zacharum has fallen. Yeah. But it would not surprise me if they brought some sort of uh, Templar. Which was introduced in Diablo 3. Yeah. And they're like the Holy Knights, so to speak. Um, either that or even like a death knight would be would suffice to me because they're basically the tank type in World of Warcraft, for example. Yeah. Or the DPS, one of the two. But you gotta have that sword and board character in like a tabletop RPG, action RPG. Mm-hmm. So Danny, have you played any of the Diablo games? I've played Diablo three. That's the one that I've played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never played two. I'd enjoy the series. Oh, great series. Um, Diablo has been my longtime favorite since 96 when it first came out. And Blizzard was just a small company. By the way, happy birthday, Blizzard. Happy 30th to you. Yes, happy 30th to, uh, to Blizzard. What about you, Danny, though? Uh, how have you enjoyed the games? It was actually pretty good, the, uh, the one I played. Uh, I Like I said, I've never played the second, so I might, I might try to get it. I see it's available for every system, so I'll, I'll definitely try it when it comes out for sure. Definitely think that'll be a game to be played. Probably something you guys on Game On will be tackling once it comes out. I I assume. Oh yeah! Like oh Ryan yeah! And Will, we're all Diablo fans. We all played Diablo three together. Yeah. A couple of times in our show, but I would love to bring Diablo three or Diablo two resurrected as well as Diablo four into our game and just play that for the whole month and just grind through. Um, it's gonna happen. For sure, it's oh, gonna yeah. happen. It's like, gonna I'm happen. Gonna, if my wife is watching this, my credit card is maxed out right now to <laughs> buy to pre-order this shit. You can't stop this me guy. Ding 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 ding. But the way it's childhood, he has to go crazy. Yeah, uh, it is cross console, like cross platform, so you can play Diablo Two Resurrected with other systems. Just to give you a heads up. So matter- That's what they've introduced. The very smart move. Mm-hmm. Some other details too in Diablo 4 is that it's going to be open world. There's a uh, horse details shown off. The game is just going to be much more massive, much more expansive than before. So I'm looking forward to playing it. I know Draven is too. And we will be seeing you guys next week uh, back on Player to Player. Well, at least Danny and I will. Alex, we certainly appreciated having you with us tonight, filling in for Wes. Much appreciated. Not a problem. Ooh, and have fun, guys. I have to go stream now, too. Well, you know what, Jody? Go get that stream up so we can come and raid you, because that's what we would like to do, get you raided. And uh, 
Yeah, Jody, Jody is one of the Nerdy Northerners team members too. You can catch her over on our uh, Saturday morning or Saturday morning, Saturday night uh, stream. That's our Let's Play Pokemon where Jody and I we chase down Dynamax Pokemon, uh, legendary shiny Pokemon, and try and catch them. So a lot of good time there. Um, but yeah, this is player to player. As, as always, it's been a treat to talk with you guys, and we will be back next Monday from nine to ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time where you can join us discussing the weekly gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. Danny and, and Alex, treasure, uh, pleasure as always. Always, buddy. And we got Thank a stretch. Thank you so much. Good stretch. Good stretch. Big Alex stretch. Big Danny stretch. Big Jake stretch. Yeah. Uh, stretches all around. If only... Wait, there's one more thing I must do before we raid, and hopefully this uh, person is already here. Opal Sasquatch. Opal Sasquatch. Of course. Had to do that. that Of course. Opal's still here. Of course. All right. As always, guys, it's it's a pleasure. And we will see you next week for another episode of Player to Player. You can go find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find us. We're out there. And we look forward to having you take us on the road with us. Join us next time. Or seeing us over on our YouTube channel. Until then, take care and have a good night. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Player to Player. Don't forget, you can also take us on the road with you anytime by listening to us on your favorite podcast sources. Don't forget to click the like and subscribe buttons and click the bells to be notified of everything here at Nerdy Northerners.